I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wonder about Lugetti's mindset going into this mini buy. And I think that he has dealt with criticism. He's dealt with praise. He's dealt with uh, over the top criticism and he's, <laughs> and he's de- dealt with hyperbolic praise. And I wonder where he is now, now that Justin Fields in the last two games has taken strides as a passer. The game seems to be slowing down. The faith throws as DJ Moore referred to them are being made. And in fairness, Dan, I mean, Justin Fields has – I think it's I think it's a little unfair that, that as he begins to improve and progress, now we're kind of – and I'm guilty of this too. We're moving the goalposts. Now we're not comparing him to maybe the growth on his, his, on his growth chart. We're comparing him to what Caleb Williams could be. I'm not sure that's always fair, but I do think he's taken strides and he's improved, and I wonder what Luke Getze thinks about how far – Justin Fields has come this year from his perspective. Well, if you've listened to me talk about Luke Getze in the two years that that I've had to get to know him, the thing I love about Luke and the thing I appreciate about him most is that he can just stay so centered and so grounded, you know, and I think it's a plus for both the way he views the offensive growth and the, the, the energy he, he exudes to the room, to that offensive room and in, in, in um, them just understanding that, yes, we've made progress. We've got a long way to go. I, I'm writing a, a longer piece that's up at chicagotribune.com on Friday morning about Luke taking the temperature of what, these two games on the heels of a a bumpy September truly signify for this team. And one of the things I said is that, you know, Luke has an aversion to unnecessary worry and he's severely allergic to that, that sort of delirious excitement that tends to bubble up when you have surges like the bears have had these last two games. And so now what is it, what does it translate into? I think what Luke sees in these last two games is a group that has um, learned to play together a group that is understanding what its strengths are and is playing towards them, a group that now understands on a week-to-week basis that you've got to take apart a different opponent each week and try to find the things that you do well that match up against things that they might not do so well. 
and maximize those. They did so very well against the Broncos and commanders. And now it's just about building on that. And I think Luke's kind of grounded perspective in that regard is, is very beneficial to a room um, that is subject to being shaken up to all the things that you talked about hyperbole and over the top criticism and all the other things that come with this league. If you can stay steady and process driven and in the moment, you give yourself a much better chance of hitting the bullseye that you're actually striving to hit. Sometimes I think we all overthink this a little bit, and we certainly overanalyze it. I, I wonder if all of this is as simple as if you plug in a number one wide receiver into the equation, a DJ Moore in this case, who makes maybe a throw that might be six inches off or a little bit inaccurate, that somebody in Justin Fields' first season uh, who's the guy that fumbled against the Vikings, you know, um, it, you know, th- the Amir players, Smith-Marset. The yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the guys who are in, in this elite category, and I think DJ Moore is approaching this status in the National Football League because you look at the rankings of receivers and he's probably a top 10 guy. I wonder if it's as simple sometimes as just putting a guy like that in a position to make a play and giving him the chance to do so. And then all of a sudden when he does that and he's the NFC Offensive Player of the Week and he's got all the numbers and he's the first time since 1999 and sure, all the distinction. But I wonder, is it as simple as, boy, put a playmaker into the equation, then everything seems to be solved. Um, It is as simple as that, but there is more to it also. I think that momentum and belief in this league are fast rolling snowballs. You know, and if you can get them started, they can get you going in the direction you want to go really quickly. And I think we saw that in the first half in Washington. You know, the Bears win the coin flip, David, in that game, and they decide to take the ball. And two plays after deciding to take the ball after winning the coin flip, they're facing third and long, and you're going, oh, my God. Right. And then comes third and nine and you have a play that you like and you have a receiver that you want to get the ball to and you hit it on a double move for 58 yards. And all of a sudden everything changes in terms of mood and energy and belief and momentum. And you go down and you score and you hit on three third down throws in the first half to DJ Moore, two of them for touchdowns. And you say, okay, in big moments, let your best players make the big plays. DJ Moore kept doing it time after time, after time, after time. Now, the, 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 the add-on to that conversation is that as other teams realize that DJ Moore deserves more attention defensively and you're going to use more resources to take him away, the Bears then have to, to make the corresponding move to open other things up, whether that's Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney or Justin as a runner or whatever running back is healthy enough to get the ground game moving. The hope is that you have a, a multitude of answers to address whatever you're saying. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're exactly right, and I think I may have said some version of that on Thursday morning on the Mullion Haw Show. Sometimes I like when we have the opportunity to do this podcast because I end up refuting myself, <laughs> you know, I mean, because it's like hours later, I start to think about what I said, and I wonder if I really put it in the way that I wanted to say it. You're exactly right, and I think that everyone can defend that idea, but then I start to think, well, I look at I look at Devontae Adams, and I look at Justin Jefferson, yep. and I look at... I look at A.J. Brown, and I look at the guys who, 
Yeah, Stefan Diggs. And I look at guys like DJ Moore, the category that he's placing himself in, and I think, well, that's true for them every week, and it has been for years, and yet they continue to produce at a very high level. So it's part of the conversation, but I don't think it's it's necessarily imperative that they find a way to use Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet. I think you still keep pounding DJ Moore. Oh, no, it, it, 100%. No, 100%. You don't you don't go away from that. But now what you want to do is 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 take away the option of an opposing defense to use as much resources as they as they hopefully want to. Right. You know, to take away that guy. And now you've got you've got answers in other places and if you can can loosen that defense up over here, well now DJ's got another opportunity there. Um yeah, I, I mean, I'll leave it there, and then we can get into, a, in a minute, a, a couple specific plays from that game uh, in the first half in Washington that Luke was uh, kind enough to, to dive deeper on with me, and, and I'll give you some insight into to kind of what, what he thinks they signified. Well, let's do that because we'll, we'll do that, and then we'll go into some things we expect from Brian Flores and the Viking defense. But first, let's go back to last Thursday night. Luke Getze was was uh, nice enough, and I think you're right. He, he is never shy about exploring – the intricacies of any given play, whether it works or not, really. Right, and and, and it's it's good because it, it it's educational, um, and again, it's level headed. You know, I, th- I I I feel like like Luke always has sober eyes on everything that that the rest of the world may be seeing with you know pinwheels spinning in their in their retinas. You know, um, and so the, that first half in Washington, look like that's that's uh, thirty minutes of football where the Bears put up three hundred and seven yards and twenty seven points. I mean, that used to be a full game's worth of output, and they got it in five possessions before halftime in Washington. We know they went down on the first drive scored we talked about that the second drive we talked about earlier in the week as being one of my favorite possessions uh, of the season because of how many things that were simple um but executed well went right the bears i believe they were without a penalty in the first half offensively and they had one negative play that went for negative yardage and so you get going so one of the first plays i asked luke about was the second touchdown pass to dj moore and you talk about faith balls right and trust throws and things that, that that the justin dj connection uh make reality it's that it's that play you know dj moore runs uh, uh, feigns a hitch route against kendall fuller and then breaks it outside to the to the back left corner of the end zone justin throws him a perfect ball while deron Payne is coming right up the middle to put a licking on him and he puts the ball up there where either dj can catch it or no one can catch it and guess what your best player on offense catches the football, gets both feet down in bounds, and it's a touchdown. And 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 Luke, you know, the, the guy who is constantly trying to, to settle everyone down, like, don't get too excited about that. He was excited about that because he says that's a testament to the chemistry that was instant when those guys met in the spring and has only developed through OTAs and minicamp and training camp in the early parts of the season, where now, as DJ Moore said in the locker room on, on Wednesday afternoon, when you hit on one of those, you're – uh, confidence in doing it again the next time is heightened. And so now Justin is, is more likely to see a tight window and say, I'm just going to put it up there because th- this dude is making me look like a star, you know? And then DJ saying, I'm going to make Justin look like a star and he's going to make me a 200 yard receiver because he can make these throws uh, under, under pressure and into traffic that, that make everything work. That's a great explanation of the example that, we were talking about in conceptual terms last year when everybody was clamoring for get Justin Fields, the weapons around him, and you'll see changes and you'll see improvement because of what you just described. And now that, I mean, okay, 
I also say that knowing that the, the season may be over before they really get going here. It is the NFL. You never know, but they're one and four. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a shame. They had to wait five games. Yeah. Agreed. Before you start to started to see that really manifest itself. Right. Because the, the, the whole um, direction and tone of everything could have been markedly different if it clicked two weeks earlier. Right. right. And, and then things could have been figured out. And that's, that's the tragedy of it all. So, so the second play that we dove into comes on the very next series and the bears go right down the field again, get a field goal out of it. And their longest drive or their longest play on that particular drive was a 23 yard Justin Fields to Cole Komet completion. Well, you go back and look at it, David, and this is about as, as simple of a schoolyard concept as you're going to see. You have a seven-man protection giving Justin Fields a, a, an absolutely quiet pocket. DJ Moore runs a deep route and keeps the the the, the defense honest deep. And Cole Komet just stops his route 20 yards downfield, and Justin rips a, an easy pass down the left hash for 23 yards. And when we talk about all of the, the moments in our time covering this team and this offense and all the things over the last decade where they made offense look so difficult, when you can take something so simple and get 23 yards out of it to to propel a scoring drive, it's like, okay, this is what happens when the offensive line holds up with help in protection. This is what happens when your best receiver keeps an opposing defense honest, and then you've got a, a, a playmaking tight end that can get to where he's supposed to be and catch a throw that's there. It's it's a small little play, but it means so much to, to the growth and, and evolution of this offense. Great example, great explanation. I'm glad Luke Getzey opened up like that to you. Looking forward to that story in chicagotribune.com. Let's spin ahead to Sunday against the Vikings. Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, I described in the offseason as one of the most important, if not the most important acquisition to the NFC North, any team, uh, player or coach. He blitzes 54% of the time. Doesn't care if it's Patrick Mahomes or Justin Fields. The Vikings are going to come after you. I wonder, after DJ Moore coming off a 230-yard game, Justin Fields with the ability to run better than any quarterback in the National Football League, how will that dictate or affect Brian Flores and the Vikings defense aggressiveness? Yeah, no, I mean, look like Todd Bowles is as aggressive as anybody in this That's league. And, example. In, and in week two, he came after the bears and they did so with a, a disciplined and a strategic plan that made life very difficult on that bears offense. And we know what the results of that game were and, and, and where it went sideways on the bears. They're going to have to deal with that pressure and they're going to have to have answers for that pressure as, as it relates to the Vikings defense. I, I think like you're aware and particularly a guy as experienced and, and sharp as Brian Flores is, isn't going to uh, take for granted the fact that Justin can kill you as a scrambler and as a runner. And so if you're going to send pressure and you're going to send it from different directions, you have to account for this explosive runner that this quarterback is. And, and also, by the way, an explosive runner who's now um, getting a little bit more skilled at keeping his eyes down the field and, and scrambling and, and trying to look to pass first. Um, but so maybe maybe you have to deploy a spy. Maybe you have to use uh, more coverages where, where you, you have eyes on Justin Fields so he doesn't get out of the gates for one of those 50-plus yard touchdown runs that were so commonplace in the middle of last year. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this chess match unfolds. You know, the Vikings have done a really good job this year of putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They haven't done a terrific job at slowing down the pressure production of opposing passing attacks. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how that, how that game goes a little bit of cat and mouse and, and who's able to respond to it quicker. 